You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Thursday, May 6th. 2021 and today's show is brought to you by locker room make sure you guys go download the locker room app they now have it for android and ios it allows you guys to interact with sports fans and hosts of your favorite podcast like myself so download that today all right let's break down the nationals uh three game sweep they just got swept against the braves uh, so crack a beverage you know whatever your preference is uh sparkling water white claw uh you know a, a beer whatever you want it's going to be okay, take some deep breaths, and we'll do our best to break down these losses and try to have somewhat of a positive mindset as the Nationals move forward. But we'll break down this series loss coming up on tonight's show. All right, folks, not great, uh, but that's what we do. We break this stuff down. We break down all the Nationals games. Sorry I did not do any during the series. I have been swamped with work. It's been very, very busy. Uh, draft and post-draft time, especially the week after for a lot of us folks who cover college sports, is really hectic. So that's been going on for us uh, this past week at Sirius and over at Locked On Big 12. But let's get to this Braves-Nationals series. It was very difficult. The Nationals get swept by the Braves. They now fall to 12-14, and 12-15 uh, and 15 rather, overall. And where that puts them in the division, uh, you know, three days ago, they were in first place, and now they are staring up at just about everybody else uh, at this point in time. The Marlins are still playing right now against the Diamondbacks. It's tied one-to-one, but as it sits right now, the Nationals uh, are in last place. They are two and a half games back. They are tied technically with the Marlins. That could change tonight. So let's break down how this happened across the board. We'll start with the game on uh, today's Thursday. So we'll start with the game that happened on Tuesday. Nationals had an off day coming into that game. So first game of the series, Nationals dropped that one 6-1. to one. Thoughts on this game? This one reminded me a little bit of the Jacob deGrom outing. Uh, you know, we talked about it was a tip-your-cap type night. Not because Hoskari Noah was just so unhittable. I mean, he was disgusting at the plate. But, excuse me, on on the mound, but it it was really the fact that he hit a grand slam as well, right? I mean, the fact the pitcher was able to go deep, and not just any grand slam. I mean, he he went to dead center field in this game, Um, and, you know, that's that's what was really impressive about it, is that Enoa was able to go deep, right? And he was able to, to, uh, you know, hit that grand slam in this game off of Tanneraney, a guy that, you know, is, is a pretty... Uh, it's, it's a pretty good pitcher, right? Especially last year. Obviously, he's trying to get his velocity back up, which has been a big issue for him. But Joe Ross pitches well in this game. Uh, five and a third innings, five hits, two earned runs, three Ks, two walks, 86 pitches over that course of time. But they bring Tanneraney in to be a fire stopper in that game, and it ultimately does not work. But the Nationals, you know, Hoskari Noah was so good in this game. As you know, Mat- Matzik came in was really solid, and so was AJ Minter. The Braves shut it down, and they also they put enough pressure on the Nationals with their offense that it really you know didn't matter. Another big key to this game too: the Nationals made three errors. Um, that's something that I've been noticing, not just the Nationals but across baseball, is you know teams that are struggling trying to find themselves right now are putting unnecessary pressure 
on their pitching staff and on their offense in turn because they are making errors and they are not able they're not able really to to stop the bleeding in a certain sense but but in this game uh, you know I'm not going to I don't think we should spend a ton of time on this first one because I really do think a lot of the credit should go to Hoskari Noah for the game that he pitched uh and, and just he has been tremendous so far for the Braves and at a time too where they're searching for a lot of their pitching um this was this was pretty critical for them and he was great uh, in this game then the Nationals they only had runners in scoring position three times that was a big issue also a big part of Enoa Austin Voth Will Harris and Paulo Espino all pitched scoreless innings that's big as Will Harris just came back off the IL he and uh, Juan Soto came back at the same time we actually got to see Harris he issued a walk but had two K's 23 pitch inning so Will Harris got it done good to see him back they're going to need him, and also it's just another one of those options they can have at the back end of the bullpen, uh, you know. And we'll we'll get to that in a little bit because I think there's a lot of positivity when it comes to the back part of that Nats bullpen. Game two of this series, Nationals lose five to three against the Braves, and in this game, Eric Fetty was not strong. They made the decision, and the, the ultimate decision of this game was the fact that they um, they put. Freddie Freeman on to bring up Marcelo Zuna, who then, with bases loaded, hits a grand slam in this game. Um, the Nationals tried to catch up, but their offense is just too imbalanced right now. Their first three hitters in this game, Trey, uh, Josh Harrison, and Ryan Zerman, they combined to go uh, one for 12. They were one for 12 with a walk between all of them. That is not getting the job done. Now, your middle, you know, middle two guys, Jan Gomes, Sterling Castro, uh, you know, Castro goes one for three with a walk, and Jan Gomes goes two for four, has the home run. But then, you know, they were able to get one hit out of Robles, one hit out of Mercer. It's just the imbalance on offense for them is not really where, you know, it's the imbalance has cost them a lot of games. And this is another game where they put up a zero for six in the runners and scoring position department. They left seven guys on base. So in the first two games of the series, they were 0 for nine with 12 guys left on base. The Nationals are stranding runners at a alarming clip. And here's the offense across baseball is down this year. It's being talked about a lot, but the Nationals just feel like they put guys on just it, there's no chance for them. And we'll talk more about it today, but they, they just feel like they are really going through it. This is not Eric Fetty's best outing. Uh Max Fried came back in this game and looked pretty solid, I thought, for the most part, right? This is his first game back. He tosses five innings, allows four hits, one run. And it was the home run to Jan Gomes while striking out six guys. Able to put some pressure on late against Josh Tomlin. Two-run home run from Trey Turner. That was good to see. But once again, he went one for five in this game. And that was a huge issue for the Nationals. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to discuss the third game of this series that happened today. Because I really do feel like that was the game that was the most interesting out of all of them. But first, we'll get a word in from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Like I mentioned before, guys, Locker Room is a great place where you guys can interact with people like myself, other sports fans, you know, listen to this podcast. Last night I was hop- I hopped on the, uh, the the Mets one while they were watching that game, uh, while I had the Nationals game on as well. I wanted to hear what they were saying about the Mets just because it's nice to keep up with the other divisional teams. Hopped in the Locked On Phillies one. Hopped in the Locked On Nationals one as well. When we do it, guys, I'm usually pretty good about letting you all know. But uh, join me. I'll let you guys know. I'll take Nationals questions. Been doing a lot of trivia as well. It's been a lot of fun. So make sure you guys download the Locker Room app. 
And then follow me on there. I believe it's jneighbors97. Just search Josh Neighbors and you guys can find me. But Locker Room app, it's available for Android and iOS. RockAuto.com is also a sponsor of this podcast. We thank them for their sponsorage, if you will. RockAuto.com, guys, is the best place to find parts for your car or truck. Their auto parts catalog has parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And here's the best thing about them. If you guys go to rockauto.com, you're going to find the best prices as well. They're always reliably low, and they're the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere, and you guys can be getting a good deal at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all those parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. So you know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, Rockauto. Dot com. All right, let's get into it. So final game today, Nationals uh, fall 3-2 to two against the Braves. This was difficult. I guess I'll just mention this now. So this game was on YouTube, which I didn't hate. Uh, Scott Braun actually went to broadcasting camp with Scott Braun, which was, was really funny. Uh, I like him. He sounds like a young kid when he calls the games. He's still very much very young. I think he's in his late 20s, early 30s, whatever it is. But um, this kind of brings me to the FP Santangelo bit where – there was a lot of conversation surrounding FP Santangelo this weekend. And a lot of it was because he was absent for some of the games. I forgot the player they brought in to call one of the games this past weekend. But also, we saw Grant Paulson on there. And there was much to do about it because Bob Carpenter is out right now. Dan Colco is doing the play-by-play. Um, and Bob is just on vacation right now. This was planned. FP's absence was not planned. So that was a little bizarre to see. I was not really understanding what was happening there. Um, I believe Jesse uh, Doherty from the Washington Post reached out to the, to the Nationals, who said, ask Masson for comment, who said there's no comment, and they couldn't get anything from FP as well. So it was really never explained what happened with FP Santangelo, as far as I'm concerned. So that was a little bizarre that we saw that happen. Um, and there was really no explanation for what happened. I'm still kind of talking to people I know in the know about what, what's going on. But this was an unplanned absence. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he come. you know, everything's okay and nothing bad happened. But, um, yeah, this was, this was one of those weird situations. But it was nice to have him back. Anyway, he returns and the Nationals get swept subsequently. But we'll get into this game today. It was on YouTube uh, it was weird. Usually when games televised, like on ESPN, right, I think normally Masson will carry it, but no, YouTube was the only place to get it. Luckily, YouTube is available to everybody. It's available on your phone, obviously, iPad. Um, if you have a smart TV, you can clearly watch it on there. I watched it on my Xfinity smart TV, which was very, very nice. also watched it uh, the last part of the game, too, while my dad was cutting my hair. So that was uh, it was pretty nice as well. Uh, shout out to, to Rob. A dentist and a guy who can cut your hair. That is uh, tremendous stuff. But Nationals lose today 3-2 to two against the Braves. And here's how it broke down for the Nats. Um, John Lester pitched today. It was solid. Three runs through five innings. Really, the, the big storyline was the fact the Nationals, again, could not hit with the runners in scoring position. They were 1-for-12, and they left 10 guys on base. Uh, that is what happened today. Conversely, the Braves, 2-for-5 runners in scoring position, one guy left on base. So there is one team making the most of their opportunities. There is one team that was not. There is really your your kind of tail of the tape, if you will, when it comes to 
uh, this game. The Braves got two in the top of the fourth. Ozuna doubled. That scored a run. And then uh, Adrianza had a double as well, or a single, excuse me, that scored two runs. Nationals fought back. Kyle Schwarber doubled to right field. Uh, Acuna dropped the ball, which allowed Josh Bell um, to go to score on that play ultimately. And the reason why he scored, you know, like I mentioned, you know, he was not uh, he was not running a uh, scoring position, I believe. I don't think he was in scoring position, so they were not able to uh, to, to drive him in. But also in the bottom of the eighth, they had a Jan Gomes single, which allowed two runs to score uh, two. And late in this game, they had the chance with Victor Robles up to load the bases, and Ryan Zerman was about to come into the game. Really awful strike three call on, on Victor Robles. Uh, ball goes into, I forget who's catching today. I have to go look for the Braves, see who was catching. But ball goes into the mitt, and mitt hits the ground. Uh, it was Josh Mathis who was, who was catching today um, for them. So, yeah, Jeff Mathis, excuse me. Uh, but, yeah, so ball hits the mitt, low pitch, middle center cut, and it hits the ground. It was at the knees, but it was because Robles was bending over. So I think that's why it was maybe called a strike three, but nonetheless, a horrible call, like a really awful call. And we saw the, uh, at, the, at the next inning, you know, Ryan Zimmerman comes up and is able to, you know, hit a double off Will Smith, another lefty. Uh, it was either, you know, him against Will Smith in the ninth, but he had a really good chance to face Grant Dayton, another lefty in the eighth. And, you know, he puts a double on Grant Dayton, or excuse me, on Will Smith, and you wonder, hey, if Zerman was able to be to come up in that eighth inning with the bases loaded, and there was two outs, but uh, what would have happened there if they were able to get him in that situation? What would have happened to the Nationals? And now I know there's no, you know, you can't really cry over the umpires. It cuts both ways sometimes, but that was a critical moment. I'm not saying the Nationals got cheated at all. There are plenty of other moments in this game. One for twelve with runners in scoring position, my friends. I mean, you know, Lester over one. Give him a pass. Um, you know, Josh Harrison over one, Jan Gomes, the only guy with runners in scoring position. Josh Bell was over two, Turner over two, uh, you know, uh, Soto Hernandez was over two, Robles over one. And we go to that top or the bottom of the ninth inning. You know, Zerman gets that double, they put Stevenson in, Trey Turner hits a fly ball, able to move the runner over. But Yadiel Hernandez was just hunting. And, you know, he had a couple awful swings today. He was one for five, but look, he was going down to a knee. Uh, you know, he was not really dialed in today. And so he did not put a, a really competitive bat together. And it put Josh Harrison in a tough spot. Not that Josh Harrison, you know, two for five today. He had a good day. Uh, hit the ball hard. Acuna almost looked like he misplayed it some. But they, you know, they have to convert in that situation. I mean, it's also a situation, too. You had a runner on second base, nobody out. Um, that's what happens in extra innings. And so you got to be able to convert. In that kind of situation as well, you know, it's one of those spots where you have to. Uh, the lineup had a pretty decent day today, all things considered. You know, they got eight hits across the board. Trey was a, Trey was a wreck today, one for five. But Yadiel one for five, not great. Harrison was uh, two for five, pretty good. Castro one for two, a pair of walks, right? So he was pretty decent. Uh, Josh Bell not the best day, but Gomes one for four, Schwarber one for three, Robles one for three at a, a walk as well. So. This was a day where you talk about a John Lester start giving you five innings, only three runs. The bullpen comes in, which got two in one second, and does its job. That's a game you gotta win. When you go, when you put situations 
where you leave 10 guys on base, one for 12, and you're you're starting to get up the three runs, the bullpen shuts it down. I mean, it never felt like the Braves were close to scoring any runs once John Lester left the game. I mean, they didn't reach base uh, at all ever since John Lester left the game, and that's the that's the difficult part. Uh, it's a difficult part for the Nationals, right? It's a situation where you know you bring in Austin Voth, two innings, double play ball immediately, right? Lester puts the first guy on, and then Austin Voth comes in, double play ball, another ground out, pitch another inning. He's at one point four two. Daniel Hudson scoreless inning as well. Brad Hand scoreless inning in addition, and. They've got to win games like this. They've got to win games like this. They were doing it over the course of the weekend. The question was, can you apply it to when you play better teams? And the Braves came. I, I said this for the series. The Braves were not playing well. Think about it. They won three games. They're 15 and 16 now. The Braves came in at 12 and 16. I said this. Go back to Sunday's show. I said they come in hungry. They come in ready. And the Nationals had to be prepared for that. And they weren't. Uh, and that's ultimately the problem is that they were not prepared. They could have hit Drew Smiley, a guy who's been struggling for more runs. They let him go six innings, four hits, uh, four walks as well, four Ks, but does not allow an earn run, at least in this game. So they've got to take advantage of that. They've got to take advantage of guys like Drew Smiley who have not been pitching well and uh, Luke Jackson surrendered to hit. You know, they put put pressure on Santana as well. Dayton did not look like the strongest out there. They could have hit him um, and got lucky that third strike call. And Will Smith, usually really good, right? They sent him to a big contract, but they were putting some pressure on him too. They got to cash in. They got to cash in. Let's talk some positives with that bullpen. But first, one more break, one more word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. You guys know the deal. Go to betonline.ag today. Uh, Make an account. It's free to do. They've got horse racing, NFL uh, futures, uh, college football futures, MLB, NHL, NBA playoffs coming up there as well, MMA, boxing. We've won about those ridiculous Paul brothers in their fights. You can do that too at betonline.ag. Make that account. It's free once again. And use that promo code locked on. It's L O C K E D O N locked on. And you guys will get a 50% deposit bonus upon your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, bucks, will give you an extra 50 to play with. Do that at Bet Online today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by the 1010 collection, 10 by 10 collection, rather, uh, at Blue Nile. Dot com. You guys go to BlueNile.com, search 1010 or 10 by 10 You guys will see an awesome collection of rings that are great for Mother's Day, uh, great for, you know, just a ring to bring joy into somebody special's life. Uh, so if there's somebody special in your life, you can give them, their life a boost with a ring from Blue Nile's 10 by 10 collection. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring that you'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. 10 rings, guys, made by 10 unique designers, and the designs are unique themselves. So go check it out. Search 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. All right, here are some closing thoughts. And I know I kind of breeze through these games, but, you know, it's losing games. We don't want to love to talk about that. But here is something that is 110% positive. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast since last season, and for those of you who haven't, I'll fill you guys in, you heard me say this, that Austin Voth is a guy that can still be really valuable to this team because of the stuff that he has, just not in a starter setting. 
Last year, it felt like every fifth day they were just throwing him to the wolves, and they almost had to because of their pitching situation. Um, and I said, look, I think this guy is not a total loss cause. I thought throwing him out there the way they did last year was not in, not uh, not awful situation. I, mean, I understand what they had to do, but at a certain point, it felt like they were just murdering the kid's confidence. Right? He goes two and five last year at eleven starts with a six point three four ERA, a one point five one WHIP in forty nine and two thirds innings that he worked only forty four strikeouts, gave up fifty seven hits and thirty five earned runs. Turn it around this year. In a crowded bullpen, they put him in some low-leverage spots. Today was the highest-leverage spot that we saw Austin Voth in, and he worked two shutout, scoreless, great, fantastic, whatever you want to call it, innings. He gave them two really awesome innings. And so when we came into this season, I talked about it, I said, man, this Nationals bullpen could really be a strength of its team. And I also, you know, I, I want to mention this now, too. I save it for now. The immaculate inning that Kyle Finnegan threw, right? He has not had the best season, but Kyle Finnegan last night threw an immaculate inning. That's, you know, that's not proof of concept for him. I'd say last year is proof of concept for how good a guy like a uh, Kyle Finnegan can be. You think about what they've acquired via trade, right? They acquired guys, you know, the, the ones that we really think about is that Will Harris, Daniel Hudson, and Brad Hand were the guys that they acquired via trade, free agency, whatever it is. You throw into the, the mix that, that Kyle Finnegan, Austin Voth, and now uh, Tanner Rainey as well, who's normally good, has not been very good this year. But they've got options. If they can get all those guys healthy, they've got options. But the guys who are pitching well, Brad Hand, Austin Voth, Will Harris is only pitching innings, so I'm not going to throw him in there. Um, you know, you, you think about also, too, I mean, Kyle Finnegan has not been great, but They've got options. Oh, Daniel Hudson. He's, he's pitched great. That's what I'm thinking of. But, uh, yeah, they've got plenty of options in that bullpen spot, and they were injured in the beginning of the season. If they can get Wander Suero back, who is, who is like Davey's favorite guy to use, right, uh, then they're going to be in pretty good shape back there. They've just got to get the starting – I mean, honestly, the starting pitch is not really the issue, but they got to get more consistent on that front, obviously. Um, the, the pitching to me – is holding up its end of the bargain. I thought the pitching throughout most of this series actually did. The Braves lineup is just not one you're going to keep quiet today, or in general. They kept them quiet the back half of that game today. Honestly, they kept them quiet for most of the game. Lester's first uh, four innings were really good, right? The fifth, and you know, the fifth was the big issue for him uh, in today's game, at least. At least I, I remember correctly, but I think he got through four innings without allowing a hit, right? And then that fifth inning. Uh, things really got challenging for him, but really the the lineup has to come through. It was that fourth inning for the Braves they scored today, but uh, you know three runs from your starter, and then you you, you flip it forward and the bullpen shuts them out. You know uh, the Nationals bullpen does that. That's got to be enough to win tough games against the Braves. Your lineup's got to be good enough at this point. You, you shut down or you quiet at least that lineup, and then yesterday. I thought the lineup could have been better. They could have competed more. And here's the thing is that against the Braves, you're going to have to win some games that are 7-6. to six. You're going to have to win some games you know, where some runs are scored. There's no there's no 2-0 wins coming up against the Braves, right? This is a chance today where they scored a few runs, you shut them down, and you gave your offense plenty of opportunity, and they've got to come through. But at least kind of you know, the one positive thing I'd like to say is Austin Voth, 
got that second chance I talked about, got the second chance where it says, how many times, you know, do we talk about guiding a change of scenery? We talked about this and not just change of scenery. You know, it doesn't always mean new team, right? That could mean, hey, starter to closer, right? Or you know, starter to bullpen guy. That's what Austin Voth provides. And this was the highest leverage situ- situation he's seen all year. Guy on base, nobody out, one run ball game, middle of the game. And what does he do? Double play, ground ball, chatting next time around 25 pitches, great bridge guide to get you to the later latter part rather of your bullpen. That's a valuable asset right there. That is a valuable asset to have in a bullpen. If you need a long man in a spot, that is your guy, especially at a time, you know, long man in parentheses, but when you're talking about bullpens and you're pitching four innings, you know, if your starter gets you through five, that's your guy. If your starter can get you through five, that's your guy right now. Austin Voth is your guy right now when it comes to those situations. And they, they usually want some more support in there. They, you know, they think Eric Fetty should be a guy who's in that spot who I, I definitely can help out, uh, but he's got to start right now, and he's done the best he can, I think, consider, all things considered. Fetty has been, as once again, uh, you know, pun intended, Fetty has been as steady as you could like as a fifth guy who was really the sixth guy, right? He was just thrown into that spot. So they're trying to move Strasburg along. They're trying to get him back. Uh, but Austin Voth is a guy that's providing for them in a new spot, and it's really good to see him succeed. It's good to see the rest of the bullpen pitch pretty well, too. I know there are some spots where Finnegan and Rainey have not been great, but look, hand Wait, I know Will Harris came back in one inning, but he looked good there. Hudson's been good. Voth's been good. Uh, they even like Sam Clay in some spots, too. So they've got options. They've just got to make sure the offense can make that, you know, let them compete, right? Because the pitching, uh, at least, you know, the back part of, of what happened over the course of the series, the back part, once the bad thing happened, the pitching said, okay, here we're the stopgap. Let's see what could happen. You know, with Enoa's Grand Slam, they stopped him, I believe, after that, too. Yesterday, after Grand Slam, there was only one home run. It was the Contreras home run. Uh, and, you know, they were able to get some runs you know, back late. And I'm not saying that offense has to score five or six runs every game. But, hey, look, 5-3, 6-1, uh, your offense should be good enough. If you think you're a playoff team, your offense should be good enough to take that against a team that's pitching has not been great so far this year. So we'll have a full preview on the National Series Against the Yankees, it'll come up tomorrow, so I'll do that tomorrow morning, and that'll come out because there's a whole lot to get to there. But uh, for right now, that'll do it. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Big note here, Apple has been having a lot of issues with their podcasts. Uh, Spotify has been working for me pretty well. Odyssey, which which was Radio.com, one of our friends here at, uh, at Locked On, Odyssey will have the podcast available for you, but as far as I can tell, um, as far as I can tell, Odyssey and Spotify have been working. So once again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Odyssey and Spotify are your spots. Apple hit or miss right now. And once again, as always, my friends, until next time, stay safe. <laughs>